and special guests, Spencer Dial from the Instagram page, uh, MSU Sports. How are you doing today, Spencer? I'm doing good, man. What about you? Uh, I think a little shook by this coronavirus and we're not doing much, but it's just tough when there's no sports on right now. Yeah, and I live in Florida, so they said May 1st they're going to start opening things up somewhat, so I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah, we're all we're all Michigan here, and it's not looking – They she just extended it to, like, May 15th or something, so we're still in here for a while. Yeah, that's, that's tough. So, you know about the Michigan State basketball, so – there was a highly expected tournament. Hopefully it's really uh, looking good for us at the end of the season there. So how do you think the Michigan I'm sorry, you cut off at the end. What did you say? Oh, I just said uh, how the state basketball team would have done in the NCAA tournament if it was played out. Um. Yeah, dude, that's a good question. Like, it all de- I tell people this all the time. It all depends on what bracket we're in. Like, you know, 2018 when we lost against Syracuse, they screwed us with that bracket. And even if we won that game, I don't think we would have went much farther. Where last year we had a more favorable bracket until Duke. Um, it depends. Like, if we got the – probably would have got a two or three seed. You know, I mean, like you need one great player to win in March. If you go look back, you know, the Kemba Walkers – um, Shabazz Napier, who carried the teams, Anthony Davis. Um, I mean, I think we would have went far, and it's just funny because this guy that I know, his dad somehow knows Izzo, he was on a Zoom call the other day, and Izzo was telling him that he thinks we could have won it all, and I was just laughing. I'm like, that sucks. But, yeah, I think we I think we would have went pretty far. I mean, you got, you know, Tillman, Winston, um, a lot of upperclassmen. It would have helped, obviously, to have Langford, but who knows what he's up to right now. Yeah, I saw him, Joe Joe Lenardi did his like mock turn. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw State winning the national championship, which is just really tough to see because we all had a feeling that this was going to be different because Winston was in his senior <laughs> year and with everything that happened, we just felt like it was going to be. Different. Yeah, against Florida State, I saw that too. Yeah, and also uh, at. At the end of the season, it was really starting to look promising for the mm-hmm. team. Yeah, in the middle of the year, it was really looking shaky when we lost to Wisconsin, Purdue. That Penn State game was close at mm-hmm. home, and then, but towards the end of the season, they really started pulling it together with the last couple wins in a row, like the Illinois comeback at the end, and then it was Penn the State. Penn State. They won Maryland, Ohio State. It was really looking promising at the end. It's just unfortunate we didn't really get to see them in the tournament. Yeah, I agree, man. Totally agree with you. Um, yeah. Hopefully, when the 2021 season happens, how do you think this roster... Oh, um, it keeps, like, cutting off. I heard you for the most part. You're, you basically asked me how I think the roster will turn out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, this, the same guy that I know that, you know, has, he has good connections inside the program. He texted me last night and said, it's looking good that Tillman will probably be coming back. And if that's the case, um, you know, you got to look at, it's probably going to be rocket Tillman, 
Joey Hauser. Um, and then I really think Malik Hall is going to take a big jump next year. And then that fifth spot is, is it gets tricky because, like, I really still believe deep down, like, Izzo thinks Lankford is going to be back. Um, but it's just tough because, like, that's probably the reason we didn't really go after, you know, the grad transfer that tough. And, yeah, we did go after Cream Maine, but it's like you only can convince the guy so much. Like, if he has, already has his mind set up. But with Lankford, I mean, you know, I, I don't really – I mean, that's so, like a mystery. Um, I know he was supposed to visit the doctor, you know, this month, but obviously he can't visit him with the corona. So he's got to wait till I don't even know, whenever it clears up. And then if he gets healthy or gets cleared or whatever it is, that's your fifth spot. It's going to be Langford, Tillman, Rocket, Hauser, um, and then Malik Hall. And then off the bench, I mean, who knows with Bingham. Like, I had high expectations. He really disappointed again this year. Um, obviously, Foster didn't really do anything. And then, yeah, I mean, Gabe Brown. I mean, I don't know, though. Like, I feel like the coaches, like, like Gabe Brown, but I just feel like he's really inconsistent. Like, I don't know. You guys know what I mean. Like, he's really – like, his, if his shot's not on, like, it seems like he doesn't get any minutes. Yeah, he did get – he got sick at the end of last year. So, I think after that, he wasn't really the same because he had started most of the year before that and then was out, basically didn't play at all after that. Yeah. Yeah, Gabe Brown has just been really inconsistent speaking about him. Like, sometimes he's, he's either really high hitting his shots from three and sometimes he's just cold and he doesn't. Yeah, like if you go watch, you mentioned Josh, Joshua Langford, and there are reports saying he's thinking about coming back or he's thinking about just not. I mean, it's really a mystery with him. So, if you had to guess, what do you think his final decision will be? And that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, I don't know where these reports are coming from. Like, I know you're saying, like, nobody has a damn, like, dude, Josh Langford's more quiet than Kawhi Leonard. Like, there's no way he lets things get out there. And that's what to me is like, if he simply didn't come back, it would just be like him saying, I'm retiring from basketball. Like, I don't think you're going to see him, you know, try to go overseas or, you know, he's not going to get drafted. So I think, you know, they're trying, I think it's, what is it? The medically red shirt. Is that what they're trying to do? Yeah. So yeah, whatever it's called. So I think they're really, you know, banking on him and Tillman coming back. So then, you know, we have two open scholarships and that would be, you know, boom, um, that would fill him up. And then, Obviously, people are going to ask about Cream Maine. Um, you know, and I, I don't know how much to believe this guy, but he said if that was <clears> – <throat> excuse me – if that was the situation and they both came back, like I said, I don't know how much to believe this, but if Cream wanted to come, then basically we'd have to tell Foster to get out of here. Um, but I don't know how true that is. Like, that's really – that's like step, you know, three of three. First is like getting, obviously, Tillman and Langford, um to be on that floor opening game against Duke. So, the point guard position is really a mystery right now. And you mentioned Foster Lawyer was kind of disappointing last season. And to think uh-huh. he's kind of our veteran guard on the team, that's not really a good sight to see, I guess, for fans. And exactly. it's just, it looks like they're going to try to convert Rocket Watts into that starting point guard spot. But we do have point guard, four-star point guard, A.J. Hoggard coming in. So, what do you think they'll do with that point guard spot for this season? It's funny you ask that because my brother was, you know, argue with me today because he's an Oregon fan. He's like, dude, Rocket's a shooting guard. And I'm like, no, he's not. Like, he can play the point guard. But, dude, I'm going to tell you guys, like, I know A.J. Hoggard's pretty highly ranked, but if he has to play big minutes as a freshman, like, 
I mean, not that I'm not saying he can't do it, but it's definitely going to be huge optical. It's going to be a huge, not a huge downgrade, but like, I feel like, you know, Rocket ran the point when Winston, or no, he didn't really run it. I guess Foster did, like you said. But I don't know, dude. Like, the thing with Foster is like, I feel everyone that I've talked to said he was so good in high school. Like, I didn't get to watch him in high school. They said he was so good, and they just, I don't know, it hasn't translated. Like, he has no defense. Um, that's why I was hoping we got Kareem Maine because we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, Hawk could have got, like, you know, how Marble was this year. He didn't really play. That's how Hogger could have been. But now, like you said, he's going to have to step up big. So, I guess, yeah, it's going to be him and Rocket leading the way. And then Foster's just a mystery at this point. Yeah, and Izzo doesn't really have a reputation. Or, well, he does have a reputation of not playing freshman big minutes. He normally tends to sit them a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised if A.J. Hogger doesn't see much playing time and you'll start to see Foster Lawyer filling in those minutes as well as blocking plots. Yeah, I don't know why Izzo does that. Like, that's probably what's – and it's not scaring recruits away. Like, I understand Izzo makes it clear, like, you know, basically with how Jalen Terry, like, players that want to be here will be here and players that don't won't. But sooner or later, he's got to give the freshmen some leash. You know, like, I mean, you guys know how he was with Jaron Jackson. Like, the only – and even Winston. Like, he really didn't start Winston until his sophomore year. Like, you guys remember Tom Tom. Like, he basically started that whole freshman year, like, I think that kind of stunted Winston's growth. Had he have started from the jump, like, I think Winston would have been as good as he was his junior or sophomore year. He was basically a year behind because of that, I think. Yeah, I think Tom Tom was a very big influence on Winston. You mentioned he didn't start his whole freshman year. And I remember I was in a hotel room. They were playing Wisconsin. And Tom Tom got big minutes. And it was coming down to the wire. And Tom Tom got those big minutes. It was kind mm-hmm. of I was I was like Winston's the better player, but Tom Tom obviously knows the game more at, at that point he did because he was a senior, and so that's a junior upperclassman, and so that's when I figured Tom Izzo actually knows how to take these underclassmen and progress them so well, and that's that's when I started coming on the on that Winston train when he can play that backup point guard and the and the starting. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know why Izzo did that, though. Like, it was just – looking at it now, it's, it was just so – I mean, it was dumb. Because Tom Tom, yeah, obviously he was an awesome defender, like was the king at setting – um picking up charges. But he couldn't shoot worth the lick. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he was a threat from deep, so – once Izzo realized that Winston was way better at, you know, putting the ball in the net, then he basically said, all right, you know, you're going to get more minutes in. Kind of how we did with Rocket this year, how Rocket played a lot more down the stretch. Um, I mean, I know he started early, but, you know, he didn't – I don't he put up a big donut against Kentucky. And then after that, it was just um, growing pains for him. Yeah, I know you've gotten this question like hundreds, thousands of times, but obviously – you're going to still continue to get this. You think there's still a possibility Kareem Maine takes his name out of the draft and maybe goes to state still, or you think that's all likely gone? Um, dude. And it's like so difficult because, and that's the thing is like, I don't mind getting the question, but it's like when I don't know much, especially cause I mean, I'll, you know, I'll ask, um, you know, Jake Weingarten came on my podcast and I'll, you know, ask him what he hears. Cause Kareem, he obviously like, he knows Kareem more than I do. 
And he he told me like he thought we had a good chance from the beginning, but um I think the thought was that he was gonna go to the G League, but I didn't realize he was almost twenty. Like he turns twenty next month, guys. So I mean basically he'd be a really old freshman. Like Jaron Jackson didn't turn eighteen until like before the first game. So yeah, I think there's definitely a possibility, but I mean also you gotta you gotta watch out for Marquette. Um but I this is what I keep telling people is the main reason like it was a struggle for us an uphill battle was he never got to visit. Um he got to visit Marquette, but we just never got to schedule because he's obviously from Canada. So we never got to schedule that visit. Um, you know, had he visited for that season finale, I really think it would have helped our chances because I know we had a virtual visit, but I mean, that's just not the same thing, but to answer your question. Yeah, I, I hope so. I know he retained his college eligibility, but at this point, who knows? Like you got to see where he's projecting the draft first, I think. Yeah. So Kareem Maine, just thinking about him, it's just at one point, it really seemed like he's uh, leaning towards uh, the college level. And a lot of people were saying, yeah, he's going to go to college. He's minorly considering going the professional route or entering the NBA draft. But it wasn't really a huge consideration on his part. And then all of a sudden, you just see he enters his name in the NBA draft without much notice. I mean, it just was kind of a shock from a Michigan State fan standpoint because I really felt like we had a good shot at him towards the end. And like you said, having the visit canceled because of uh, the coronavirus pandemic, that I think that really hurt uh, Michigan State's chances. But I, I can't say I'm ruling the chances of him uh, taking his name out of the NBA draft and still going to college, whether it's most likely Marquette or Michigan State. So I think that's still a very big possibility on his end. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think we ever had a visit, visit scheduled with them. I think it was like projected to be sometime in June, but I don't know. But, and that's what people don't realize is like how you're like, oh, we can still come. Like, people don't realize that we only have two scholarships. So if Lankford and Tillman are coming back, like, obviously, yeah, like we'd have to tell Foster or someone to transfer, but it's not as easy as people think. Like, oh, just throw them on the roster. Like, no, like how, kind of how Juwan Howard did it, where, you know, he didn't go up to Castleton and um, I was surprised Julius transferred, but Castleton, he didn't tell him, you know, go transfer, but he kind of told him like, you know, minutes aren't going to be very high for you, you know, kind of knowing like, you know, you should transfer. And that's probably what you would see happen with Foster if, if they tried to make room like you, like you're saying for Kareem Maine, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, you know, as we all know, we have we have a pretty solid recruiting class. I think it's around like twenty five. We have AJ Hogger and Maddie Sissoko. What do you? How do you think their roles will be on the team to start the year? Yeah, yeah, I think it's actually thirty seven, dude. I think I. Oh, <laughs> but wow, you know, it's I think you know it's fine because I looked it up and I was like, shit. But um, yeah, I mean, with Cisco, obviously he's a really good guy. He came on my podcast and I. You know, actually asked him about that, um, you know, what he needed to improve on. And he basically just said, you know, the only thing he's really trying to improve on is his jumper. Because if you guys can go watch the highlights, like, he reminds me of Joel Embiid, a miniature Joel Embiid, like how he blocks shots around the rim, um, very good at running the floor, very good at, I mean, dishing the ball to his teammates. Athletic as hell. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Basically, he can do, like he said, everything besides the jumper. Um, And, like, he can shoot the ball. It's just, like, when he's so dominant at that high school level, like, his team was, like, third in the United States. So, he didn't really need to shoot the ball. But, obviously, going to the next level, he's going to need to shoot it. Um, So, I think he'll translate well. I think he could end up starting only if Tillman doesn't come back. So, if Tillman is back, like, it'll be good for him to learn under his wing for a year. Um, and then honestly, he could be a two and done. He could be a one and done, but I doubt it. And then with Hogger, I mean, some people are saying, and I think it's just disrespectful. Like, you know, he's the next Cassius Winston. And I'm just like, no, he's not. Um, because like how Cassius came in, like not chubby, but you guys know, like Dockage will say like, Oh, he's out of shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like kind of like that, where I think Hogger definitely is going to need to put on some muscle. But, I mean, I've, I haven't watched a ton of his tape, but he's not – I mean, he kind of does remind me of Winston, how he's not overly athletic, but I don't know. That's one position, like you guys said, with the point guard. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's where Izzo gets paid the big big bucks for because it's going to be tough to decide. Like, yeah, Rocket's obviously the best out of the three, but I don't know. That's where having Jalen Terry really would have helped us. I think Jalen Terry would have been perfect. Yeah, because Jalen Terry is more of a scoring guard. And unlike uh, Hoggard, I think Hoggard's more of a better facilitator in finding the open man, not saying he's not a good scorer. But I think Jalen Terry would would have been a much better scorer at Michigan State. But I think the comparisons between Hoggard and Winston, I think they come strictly off their builds because they have a little bit of a bigger build, both of them as a point guard and not being the tallest people and also uh i think it's because of their playing styles i think it's pretty similar like when winston came in he was never really as big of a score as he turned into by his uh junior and senior seasons like uh Izzo would always praise uh winston saying he could be the best passer since uh magic johnson at michigan state which is crazy mm-hmm. to think of how good of a score he turned into also by the end of his career, but you mentioned uh, Matty Sissoko and how he really has to just improve his jump shot. And yeah. it kind of reminds me of Xavier Tillman because he never really had a great jump shot coming into uh, Michigan State. And uh, as the years went by, his jump shot kept improving by the years. And I think that could you could see that with Sissoko too, with that outside jumper. Yeah, the thing is, like, and it's the same thing with Winston, like, it's just, like, it's not that they can't do it, but, like, Winston was never able, like, given the chance at the beginning to shoot the ball. That's why, you know, obviously he's one of the best, you know, passers as facilitators, like you said. But, like, with Tillman and Sissoko, like, I think Tillman's a much better shooter than people think. I just think he gets, like, not scared, but, like, I don't know, kind of like how, you know, Izzo yelled at Henry in that March Madness game. Like, I just think he's, like, screw it. I don't want to deal with that if he puts up, like, a dumb shot. But, I mean, going to the next level, Tillman's going to have to shoot the ball more. I'm going to tell you that right now because he's undersized, kind of how Draymond was. But that's the thing. If Tillman can develop a shot, like, he basically can play any position besides point guard. Like, I'm not saying he can play shooting guard, but, you know, if he goes out to the three, like, and he's a threat to shoot it, they're going to be in his face. Um, You know, with Sissoko, like, yeah, like you said, the it's kind of like, um, what do you call it? like pick and pop type of play where like if he comes off the screen, you know, kind of how Dwight Howard was, but 
with the shot, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but you mentioned Aaron Henry, and recently, uh, I'm sure you caught this, but he declared for the draft, actually, the NBA draft. And yeah, as as a fan, I'm really thinking, as much as I love him, I just don't know if it was the best decision for him, because he didn't really have the best year this year compared uh, mm-hmm. to the outstanding freshman year he had last year. I think the numbers were up a little just because he had more playing time, but really... His, uh, he didn't really show up much in big games, which uh, was kind of disappointing because he's supposed to kind of be a second-slash-third uh, scoring option, and sometimes it just didn't show up. But do you think he will keep his name in the NBA draft? Yeah, that's – I mean, this question, like, it's just funny, though, because I don't know if you guys all follow me on Instagram, but, like, right after the season ended, you know, I put a story up, and the same guy that told me about Tillman coming back said, you know, Aaron Henry's declaring. And I, I said he was declaring, and, you know, weeks went by, didn't declare. And then last night, out of nowhere, you know, you get the message, what, and a day before the draft, he's declaring. So I thought that was the plan from the beginning for him to declare, just to test the process, you know, see where he's at. Um, but, yeah, like you said, he didn't have the year people thought, but that's also because people had crazy high expectations for him. And I, I agree with you, too, like, he should have played better than he did. Like, you know, his jumper was, you know, inconsistent. That's the one thing. If he can get that jumper down, like, he'll be a first-round pick in the future. But, you know, I don't know if he's, you know, like you said, if, is he going to keep his name? Like, part of me, I've said since day one, like, why it worries me that he could is because this could be like a Jordan Poole situation. Like, I know he went first round, but kind of like how you guys remember Jordan Poole's dad would always, like, you know, attack beeline on Twitter because he would just throw him in the corner and he, he didn't run the offense around him. Um, but that's the thing with Henry. He could just be like, screw it. I'm done with, cause they're not really running. If you guys watch, I, you guys all watch Michigan state. Like he seems confused out there at times with these turnovers. Um, I think he could like, I'm not saying he's going to do this, but I could see him being like, you know, I'm done playing this college system. It's not for me. Um, I want to go to the next level, regardless if it's the G League, and develop better. Um, that's my worry, is that I hope he doesn't do that. But if if he does declare, I bet you that's going to be the reason because of that. Sometimes it just really seemed like he was kind of out of sync on the floor. Like, it just mm-hmm. didn't seem like he was that sharp at points. And then when Izzo attacked him on the bench about, like, come on, like, you have to be in the game. And he just, I felt like it brought him even more out. I felt like the criticism sometimes really got him from Izzo. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's sometimes, it just really felt like him and Cassius weren't on the same page out there when they were playing. So that's just my one uh, thing about Henry. I just think he has to uh, be more aware out there and kind of sharpen his IQ and stuff. Yeah, especially, like, I think the lowest point of the season for him was after that Duke game. Like, he really stunk up the bad that game. And then, like, I mean, people were saying he was our second best player, and I'm like, you know, I agree, but it's, like, kind of disrespecting Tillman saying that. Um, But, you know, I hope he comes back. Um, I will say this, though. I don't think he's going to be a four-year player. I think if he returns, he'll probably declare after his junior year and be gone. Um, I mean, his plan should be that. His plan should be to come back, kind of how, like, Nick Richards did for Kentucky and just totally revamp his stock. And I don't know. You know what I mean? For the scouts, because it's going to be tough. Like, 
if he gets drafted, like, I don't know. He must have crazy first impression on the GM because it's going to be tough for him not to showcase, you know, go to the combine with all this stuff happening. Yeah, so moving on to more of Michigan State football. So, you know, re- or a little bit ago, a couple months ago, there was uh, D'Antonio, uh, Mark D'Antonio resignation. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts about the resignation? Did you really uh, see that coming since uh, the past couple of years? We, we didn't really get uh, on the top of the Big Ten, really, and the years were kind of disappointing. So were you kind of seeing that coming? I mean, I thought, like, when we got whooped, I just remember sitting at the restroom, we got whooped by Michigan, and I was just laughing because I'm like, there's no way he's coming back. And then, you know, as the year went on, you know, he didn't say anything, so I'm like, shit. And then, obviously, when he picked up that, whatever, the bonus thing, the $5 million, whatever it was, um, that basically said, you know, he's coming back. And then obviously, yeah, I was, I was shocked at the timing of it. That was like what I was most pissed at. Um, you know, cause you get a whole recruiting class and I remember talking to some of the players and they were like, like, I was like, how did it go down? Like some of the recruits coming in when, you know, they got to campus early and they were just laughing. They're like, you know, he basically just came in and sat, sat us down in the room and they're like, our hearts are racing. We didn't know it was. And then he just said, I'm done. Like, I mean, he basically quit on the team, if you want to be quite honest with you. Um, But obviously, I'm very happy with, you know, we got really lucky, guys, with what's transpired now. Like, I mean, I remember after Fickle turned us down, I was like, shit. Like, you know, if we hired Jim McElwain or someone like that, like, this is going to be like a shit show for the next years. But, you know, I know Tucker went five and seven at Colorado. But, I mean, you can go look at his uh, resume, like, He's, he definitely has the tools to get this program back to the top. Yeah, so you mentioned Luke Fickle. What put him over the top against other candidates like Mel Tucker? Oh, no, it's funny, too. Like, So I asked this guy yesterday that, you know, he was the one that told me Mel Tucker was coming the day before. So I asked him about the whole Luke Fickle thing. And nobody knows this, but he's like, Luke Fickle never even got offered the job. And that's what I don't get where, like, this whole perception of like, you know, it was Luke Fickle or Bus. Like it that's how they made it out as. Um, and that's why I was so confused about, you know, when Tucker put the tweet out like, you know, like, um, thank you, but I'm not coming. Like it was the only reason they all did that is because Michigan State was morons and they obviously portrayed it like you're saying, like Luke Fickle was the guy. So they knew like say Tucker would have accepted it and Luke Fickle accepted it, they were gonna give it to Fickle. So I don't know why. I don't know why they were so crazy about him. Like, if you go look it up, you I guarantee you can't find a deal that he turned down. Like, there was never a deal offered. I just think he turned down, like, the opportunity to be the coach. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't think he's going to be at Cincinnati much longer. Um, I think in maybe a year or two, say, Brian Kelly doesn't do well at Notre Dame. That could be a place he ends up. Shit, I wouldn't be surprised if he took over for Harbaugh in a few years. Yeah, uh, as you know, uh, Mel Tucker hasn't had that long on the job as the Michigan State head coach. But by far, he's still done a very solid job in recruiting. But overall, how do you think the MSU recruiting class will turn out, and how do you think it is right now? I mean, right now, dude, like – it's the best you could have imagined. Like, I, I'm I'm serious. I think we're getting two more commits this week. Um, 
both out-of-state kids. And then that's going to be 10, 10 in a month, which is insane. Um, and then what did you ask again? I'm sorry. I forgot the other one. Uh, how do you think, like, overall it's going to turn out? Yeah, I mean, I think right now I just looked it up. We're, like, 27th or something in the country. Um, I don't really look at stars that much. I know they're all three. I really concern myself with, like, what offers they have. That really, like, determines to me, like, all right, you know, this guy has the offers, regardless if he's a three- or four-star. Um, I I hope we get, you know, I hope we get a four-star, maybe whether it's Jamari Budden or um, Rayshon Benny. Both came on my podcast, both really good guys. And then, obviously, Donovan Edwards, but I don't see that happening. So, I, I think year one expectation would be, if he finished top 30, that'd be really good, I think. Top 30 would be the goal. Uh, because that would set up for years to come. Like, um, after this year, I think you're going to see, like, year in and year out, top 25 classes. I don't think that's unrealistic at all. Yeah, you met, you said how you don't really look at stars, and I honestly love that because – so you look at the quarterback commit that Michigan State just got a couple days ago, Hampton Fay out of Believe mm-hmm. Texas, I think. And a lot uh-huh. of people are saying – how the three stars do not describe him at all, saying mm-hmm. how he could be a possible top seven quarterback in the country, but he was injured mm-hmm. all of last season. That's kind of why his uh, rating dropped. But they said after the season, uh, after this upcoming football season for him, his senior season, they said they could see a huge rise in rankings for him to a possible four-star, they said. Yeah, I think he's really underrated. And just go look at his size, dude, like 6'5", 220. And also, I know this people don't even realize it, but you just said it. You got to look where he's playing. Yes, he was injured, but also in Texas. Like, this guy isn't from, like, you guys know Michigan football. Like, Michigan high high school football is kind of dog shit compared to, like, Texas, Florida. Like, he's playing in one of the best states in the country. Um, You know, I I didn't watch any film on him, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, like, He's top five. Like, I don't know, but um, from what people, like, the one guy I talked to, Spartan Season, he's, like, really big into watching film. And he was telling me that he thought he might have still been a three-star, but I think he was, like, 1,080 ranked. He's like, I think if he played the whole year, he would have been in the 500s. So that's a big jump, like you're saying. Um, But – and I talked to – another point, I talked to Corey Robinson, if you guys know who that is, on Twitter – he writes for rivals for Michigan State. Um, and he said, you know, like this was Michigan State's number one priority target. I can 100% confirm that with you guys. That Salter was not our favorite guy. Like, yeah, we would have taken Caden Salter, obviously. But that the staff really wanted Hampton Fay more. Um, and obviously he was the first one to, to visit before the whole pandemic. Yeah, going back to a little bit of the recruiting, uh, we mentioned how Mel Tucker is doing such a great job. And in a, in a previous podcast, when we had Justin Fromer, if, you, if you're familiar who that is, uh, we were talking about how D'Antoni, D'Antonio uh, would kind of introduce them to the whole team, kind of in person, or introduce them to the whole, to the whole like, organization. And I just find that so significant how even when that's not happening with D'Antonio, Mel Tucker's doing such a great job with this recruiting class. Wait, you're saying he did what? He introduced them to the whole what? He would introduce them to the whole system, make them kind of feel like the family right right away. And it, I don't know, I don't know what Mel Tucker's doing because this whole pandemic, they can't really do anything at this point. 
I don't know how this is. I don't know how they're doing such a good job. Yeah, it's and dude, this is what it all comes down to. Like, you know, I didn't really, I never followed recruiting heavily in football until like basically this year. And so, the, I mean, it's, I know it sounds obvious, but I didn't think about it. Like, apparently, what the top schools do is like Penn State, for example, Jalen Reed, still pissed we didn't get him. But what they do is they'll tell him, like, if you don't commit by, that's why he kept pushing up his date. They're like, if you don't commit, then we're going to take another safety. So that's what they'll do. Like, and that's what Tucker's starting to do. Um, if you guys look at it, how many players were recruiting out of state? Like, and that's just not by surprise. Like, he's trying to build up, um, you know, out of state pipelines. Like, say, St. Wilhampton Fay, he gets them from Texas. Now that school knows, hey, Michigan State is going to come to Texas and recruit. Where D'Antonio, he just he stood straight in the Midwest. You know, like he, you know, if you go listen to all our guys that were good, they're all from the Midwest. Like Joe Bocci, you know, Le'Veon Bell, all those guys are from Ohio and Michigan. Like you're going to see Tucker, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Logan Diggs, the running back, but he's from Los Angeles and he's in the top 400. Like if he lands him, you got the Los Angeles pipeline. I can't remember the last recruit Michigan State's ever landed from Los Angeles. Yeah, and that's why I think our recruiting classes were really lacking in the years of D'Antonio because really he would try to fight for those in-state guys and Midwest guys, but they would end up going to like those powerhouse Big Ten teams like the Penn State, so Ohio State, even now Michigan with the hiring of Jim Harbaugh recently, they've been getting a lot of recruiting noise. And it's mm-hmm. now with Mel Tucker, it's like he's really going after those guys, and that's why I think we see a huge difference in the recruiting class this, uh, for the 2021 season. And he's still not even really winning those in-state battles for, like, the top in-state guys mm-hmm. with Ohio State and Michigan. But you can still uh-huh. see the uh, difference in the out-of-state. Yeah, 100%. And, like, I've talked to, like, a few Michigan, you know, high school players will message me on Twitter, like, I don't know if they think I'm some recruiting director, but they'll say, like, you know, this guy wants to go to Michigan State and he hasn't got offered. And I just, like, think about it, and then I'll ask Corey about it. And he's like, yeah, because they'll take that out-of-state guy that's just as good, if not better, to build up relationships. Where D'Antonio, excuse my language, he was just so fucking lazy. He wouldn't do that. Like, he would be like, all right, you know, I'll take that guy from this high school. You know, I don't really want to go travel and build relationships. Like, you know, I don't care how many players tell you, like, that he did that. That's that's just – that's BS. Because after the 2016 class with that ranked, you know, after we made the playoffs, I think it was, like, top – I think it was 18th. And we had about six or seven four-stars, which is insane. And then um, a lot of them, you know, got kicked off. And after that, D'Antonio just said F it with recruiting. It just totally gave up. Our class is tanked from then. Um. Yeah. Did you ask something else? I feel like I missed something. No, I, think I don't you know. Were, but I think you're good. All right. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically the difference with Tucker and Antonio. Like Tucker emphasizes, you know, relentless. That means not giving up, not being lazy, on the phone twenty four seven trying to get the guy. Where I'm not saying D'Antonio wasn't like that, but you guys can definitely see the energy change. Like that's what every recruit has told me on the podcast. Like. Andrew Anthony, for example, I don't know if you guys listen to that. He said when he came to the campus, they literally gave him a round of applause like he had won the NBA championship. 
And that's like the difference where D'Antonio really can do that. Um, but I think that's the main difference. Yeah, you mentioned re- in-state recruiting, and I think this is why Donovan Edwards is giving Michigan State a chance. Um, I mean, he's obviously in-state because, you know, I go to the middle school he went to. So, And it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting because Mel Tucker, I think, is the reason why he kind of put him in his top, put him back in his top when Ohio yeah. State obviously got the number one in the class. Mm-hmm. But – that, that's what I'm saying, like Ohio State, they kind of just get everyone because they, they build relationships so much so much better than these, than the, like Michigan State. And I don't want to throw out any other colleges because I'm not really familiar with their recruiting. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I think this is why they get so many out-of-state and out-of-state powerhouses because they just build relationships like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, it's not even – it is about that, but you got to realize too, like and this is where I get pissed at people. Like this one guy was like – talking about how, you know, we have a chance with any in-state kid. And I'm like, that's just not true. Like, yeah, now with Tucker, we're going to have that. But I'm like, you got to realize, and not that you're saying this, but, like, Ohio State made the college football playoff. Like, and they have a national brand where, you know, I think at a point we can all agree Michigan State did have a national brand, but, you know, when we were in the Rose Bowls and all that. But right now we don't have a national brand. So we're going to have to build that back up so it once was. Where Ohio State's been – they've been a legendary program since like what the eighties. So recruits are already coming in when they get that Ohio state offer. They're like, you know, they're drooling like, Oh my God, it's Ohio state, the Ohio state. Like they say, um, where I think that's where I get like annoyed. It's like, you know, Michigan state can be that, but you're going to have to build that up. And, you know, it's going to take time, but I, I think Tucker's definitely the right man. Yeah. And you mentioned the, like the brand that these colleges, these top name colleges make for themselves. And uh-huh. like Michigan State really had a brand for themselves, especially like that defense. Because during exactly. those Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl year and the Big Ten championships they had a couple of years ago, like they were mm-hmm. no, I, I, I don't, like I remember uh, the defensive backs, the no fly zone with Trey Wayne, Starquist, Denard, all those guys back there. Mm-hmm. And I think that really attracted a lot of, like, defensive backs saying, oh, we want to be that. Those guys are so successful back there. We want to be that. Now Ohio State is being referred to, like, DBU with all their uh, defensive backs being selected in the NFL draft. And I think that just really Mm -hmm. attracts players, seeing all those players succeed. So one last thing, though, I just want to, for all the Michigan State fans out there, who are the top uh, targets for the 2021 recruiting class that they should look out for? Um, geez, There's a lot, but obviously, like, there's a couple guys that are committing this week, like, or I'm pretty sure committing. Um, You know, I don't know if you're familiar with the names, but Charles Brantley, obviously, is a big one. Cornerback out of Florida, you know, played on the same seven-on-seven team as Jaden Hodge, who I'm pretty sure you guys know. Um, And then, obviously, the in-state guys, Jamari Budden, um, Rayshon Benny, I don't know about how high. Yeah, we're gonna obviously take Donovan Edwards, but like I said, Logan Diggs is another running back from California. Um, he had a virtual tour with Michigan State like two days ago. Um, and then there's other names where you guys probably won't be familiar with, but J- Javon Diggsby, he's out of Louisiana, safety. That's probably gonna be our other safety commit. 
He's a three-star, but he has Auburn, an Auburn offer, Miami offer. Um, and then we already said a quarterback. Offensive line, I, I need to do more digging on because Rayshon Benny said they're recruiting him as defensive tackle, which I was surprised by. But he said he can play either way. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, Andrew Anthony at receiver. Um, I'm not familiar with the other receivers, but I know we did make two top ten lists from receivers from Texas. But I would talk to Corey, and he said he wouldn't be surprised if we only took one receiver for the class due to how many great receivers we have on the roster right now. Yeah, getting a little bit away from recruiting. I just want to know your input on Josiah Scott and Kenny Willekes getting drafted and then the undrafted free agents like Brian Lewerke, Cody White, and others. What, what do you yeah, think? I mean, yeah, I mean, Josiah, he went – I mean, he didn't go that low. Like, he went fourth round, but he went to the perfect place. Like, yeah, Jacksonville's not very good right now, but obviously they've had good defenses with Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye. Like, they've had great players, Kalias Campbell. Um, So that's, like, the perfect place for him, I think. And then obviously with Willikis, it's just unfortunate because he probably would have declared after um, his junior year had he not got that injury. I think he probably would have went third round last year, to be honest with you. Um, but at least the good thing with both of them is they didn't fall to like, like, um, I don't even know who the Jack, no, Doug Marone. He's a decent coach, but at least Willikins is on a good team with obviously Kirk Cousins now. Um, so I'm happy for them. And then the undrafted players, I don't know what the hell Cody White was thinking. I don't have a clue. I don't think he's going to make the roster, to be honest with you guys. I like him a lot, but he doesn't have that breakaway speed that you're going to need for the next level. Um, and obviously the Chiefs have great receivers with Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins. I mean, um, Nico Hardman. Like they have a great receiving core already. So he might make the practice squad. I'm not sure. And then Lewerke, I'm happy for Lewerke, man. He's like one of the nicest guys. Obviously, I had him on my podcast. I actually texted him last night. And he, I I don't know how he remembers me, but he texted me. He was like, you know, thank you. Like really appreciate it. He's like, I'm gonna prove them all wrong. And then I told him like. Who knows, dude? Like, they don't have a starting QB right now. Like, you can go out there and win it. So, I'm happy for him out of all of them, to be honest with you. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where these guys' careers go. Yeah, that's that's really good insight on all of them. So, I just want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. And is there anything you would like to plug in before we go about your social media handles and where people can find you? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, you guys can follow my Instagram, MSU Sports Zone. Um, on the road, almost hit about to hit 13k, which is crazy. And then on Twitter, Instagram, just Spencer Dial D Y L E. Um, but that's it. I appreciate you guys for having me, though, for sure. Yeah, once again, we want to obviously thank you for joining our podcast. Um, mm-hmm. this is the Last Take Sports Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Wow.